I'm Stephanie Johnson. Welcome to the Seeing with Stars podcast, where I share my 30 years plus experience in the world of astrology. Hi, I'm Steph Johnson. Welcome to another Seeing with Stars podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about planetary weather or planetary action in 2023. There are a few major changes happening in 2023, and I want to look at them in general. As the year progresses, I will do some of them in detail. In fact, Pluto entering Aquarius on March the 23rd, I have already done something on that in episode 50, if you want to go back and listen to that or recommend it to your friends. But I'm going to start this year. It's been a jangly sort of start to the new year for me. I actually didn't feel really like the January the 1st, 2023 did it for me. So I'm thinking of changing this year to the January the 22nd Chinese New Year, Year of the Rabbit, and more on that in a future episode. But for the Western astrology, for the planetary weather in 2023, I'm going to start with Mars, move on to Saturn, which also changes signs, and look at the lunar nodes, and then perhaps Jupiter and maybe Venus as well. We'll see how we go. But certainly the big one for the start of the year is Mars, Mars retrograde. Mars, the planet of action, went retrograde in October last year, and it goes direct on January the 12th, so very soon after this podcast. However, there's also what many astrologers call a long shadow period, which stays in effect until March. So really, we're looking at a long period of Mars being retrograde. Mars has also been out of bounds. Now, I won't go into the astrological explanation of out of bounds, but suffice it to say that it's unusual and it's remaining that way almost till May. So what happens when the god of war, Mars, the planet of action, goes out of bounds, retrograde, kind of out of control in some ways? Well, Mars becomes, some astrologers say, violent, and some would say that this is linked, therefore, to the war in Russia and Ukraine, and that during this time, things will not be resolved, things will continue to be violent, and things might even be a bit explosive. Mars is in Gemini, and Gemini is duality, so it is likely that there will be conflict, and conflict will not be resolved during this period of time. I also think that there will be delays and perhaps uh, choices on a personal level. We have choices and we won't be sure where to go. I think this Mars energy is what's making me, at least, because Mars is prominent in my chart, feel a bit jangly at the beginning of this year, not quite sure where to go. But like most retrogrades, I also think that this is a good opportunity to reflect on or to look at our action plan. So if, for instance, we had a five-year action plan, perhaps this is a good period during which to revise it. It's also about strategy. So what strategy would we like to employ once Mars goes ahead? I've also been telling friends of mine who are having building projects done that you need to look at the details, make sure that everything's going on track, and not to be surprised if there are some delays in your building works. Action is split action is going backwards so it's kind of like you're looking back over your shoulder at what's happened before you can move forward. We do need to be prepared this year because there are some big planetary changes. So let's start with Saturn. 
Saturn is one of the planets that really ruled over the lockdowns and the COVID and was one of the reasons why astrologers or how astrologers predicted that, that there could be a lockdown. This was in conjunction with other planets. The planets do a dance, if you like. They combine and in that way they tell the story. And how we do that is we obviously we look at the combination, we know our astrology, but we also look back in time. So Saturn goes into Pisces, in and out of Pisces, but it goes into Pisces on March the 7th this year. Saturn is the planet that's associated with building, with structure, with resilience, with discipline and with karma. Now often when in this modern day we refer to karma, people think that we're talking about past lives. But in my esoteric studies, we also did studies of the law of cause and effect. So you make a choice and there are effects. The cause is the choice and then there's the effect. So there's the consequence. Uh, some people might call this natural consequences. All of these things are associated with Saturn. Now Saturn has been in Capricorn and Aquarius and now it moves into Pisces. And Pisces is obviously, most people when they think of Pisces think of fish, think of empathy, think of spirituality perhaps, and also artistry. And all of this is true. So when Saturn goes into Pisces, what can we expect? Perhaps some kind of renaissance, perhaps some kind of disillusion too with what's going on in the world. And let's look back to when was Saturn in Pisces last time? Well, in 93 and 94, it was going in and out of Pisces. Also in 1964, and then in 1935 through to 1937, in and out of Pisces. So we can look back in history. In 1936, I'm going to look at English history. There are all, I mean, we need to look at all world history. And what we do as astrologers also is we look at the, the charts of countries. And you'll see this on my colleague Jessica Adams' um, page, she website. She looks at the charts of countries. She really researches this. So if you want to look further, I suggest you become a premium member of her because she's brilliant. But let's look at 1935, and I'm going to look at England because I've lived in England for a while. I follow the royal family. I'm not going to go into the pros and cons because I actually think that with Pluto and Aquarius, more on this later, the royal family in the UK is in a bit of trouble. But let's look at Saturn in Pisces first. In the UK, in 1936, in January, Saturn in Pisces, Edward VIII became king in January 1936, following the death of his father, George V. But it didn't last long, did it? And it didn't last long because he abdicated the throne in December because he wanted to marry Wallace Simpson, a divorcee. I think the interesting thing about this, and again, you have to look at not just one country, but keep tying it into other countries, because at the same time, we see just across the channel in Germany, we see the rise of fascism and Hitler. Now, wouldn't it have been a different course in history if Edward VIII had become king and remained king? So the good news for the UK, even though it seemed like a terrible crisis at the time, was that Edward was a raging fascist, according to many, and a friend of Hitler. So it would have been a different course of history for the UK. This is often the way with astrology, that what looks like a negative at the time has actually got, if you like, an ulterior plan, perhaps by God, who knows. 
But in this case, the royal family stayed on its course, stayed independent, and, and the course of history changed. It's also interesting, I think, that when Saturn is in Pisces, there's some sort of sacrifice, if you like, that needs to be made. Now, this is not going to be an in-depth view at Saturn in Pisces. I will do that later, I think. But just another quick overview is we will hopefully see a bit of a renaissance in the artistic area as well. If we go forward to 1964, we'll see that there are things like the release of Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. And you think, well, what's, what's so cool about that? Well, the fact is it was the first feature-length animated film and Disney kind of took off as a structure of those sorts of um, animated but also kind of romantic and uh, fantasy and perhaps unrealistic but very Piscean type stories. The publication of Dr Zeus's first children book, children's book that came out and it'll be interesting to see in his chart what was being triggered. Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck about the Great Depression and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill came out. There were probably, if you look at um, lots of things in the artistic world, were being born at that time under the influence of Saturn Pisces. Also, J.R.R. Tolkien's published The Hobbit. So you can see that we can look for similar themes at the moment. What could be new? What could be the Renaissance now? Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on Pluto entering Aquarius. As I said, episode 50 is all about Pluto and Aquarius, and I'm sure that lots of other astrologers, including myself, will mention it again. But it's too important to pass over when we're looking at planetary weather of 2023, and it enters Aquarius on March the 23rd. And Pluto is a planet associated with wealth, power, um, things that come up from the underworld. So when it was going through Scorpio, we had the AIDS epidemic, the whole let's look at... Um, the sexuality of people in a completely different way. Let's bring the gay community out from the underworld and into the light of day. So there's lots of positives that come from Pluto. When it went into Sagittarius, we saw the whole thing about the power of the ministry, the power of the church being challenged and all the underworld coming out, the paedophilia, etc., the child abuse. It comes out. So Pluto brings things out of the dark in Capricorn, it was about the corporate world bringing things out and government and there were struggles between right and left, etc. And also we had COVID. So that was in combination with other planets. Now it's in Aquarius, what are we talking about? Well, really, we're talking about the power of the people, revolution. And this is why, just touching again on UK history, I think that the UK royals might be in a little bit of trouble. King Charles, Prince Charles... He may come to the throne. Um, some astrologers predict he won't at all. But if he does, it will be very short-lived. And I have said that for decades. He does not have the chart of a king. Now, I'm not questioning his integrity or anything like that. But if there are any deep, dark secrets, he's in trouble because he's moving into a position of power. And as Pluto moves from Capricorn to Aquarius, the power shifts from those in corporations, royalty, high government roles, it shifts to the people and it shifts by bringing things to the light. When we look at the last time Pluto, or one of the last times Pluto was in Aquarius, 
1777 to 1797. And this was during, this is a period during which the French and the US revolutions occurred. So we see revolution, we see people going, it's the power of the group, the Aquarius. We see that people won't take it anymore. It's that um, stand up for ourselves and take the power back. Let's look at Jupiter. Jupiter was also one of the planets at play in COVID, but it's moved on since then. And it's entering Taurus on May the 16th this year. Jupiter is the planet of expansion, abundance, wisdom, all of those sorts of things. It's the journey, it's the growth, the self-growth, etc. And Taurus is the earth. It's a very sensual, sensuous, um, but also a security-oriented type sign. So when Jupiter goes through Taurus, we really look at how can we sustain growth? How can we sustain growth on planet Earth? And how can we sustain growth in our personal lives? Now, depending where it is in your chart, will tell you how or where you need to look at where to sustain your growth. And again, there will be other podcasts on each of these ones as they come closer to the time. Another planetary influence, which is telling the story this year of shifting from me to us, from power to the power of the people, in another way are the lunar nodes. The lunar nodes have been in Taurus and Scorpio and they shift in July into Aries and Libra. Now this has moved on from Taurus and Scorpio where we were really looking at the world's resources and how we utilise them and how we utilise our own resources. Now we're looking at relationships and ourselves within them. So it's how do we move forward in, I guess, sync with other people, uh, duets or duels. So do you fight somebody else or do you work in sync with them? This is what my friend and astrologer Jessica Adams calls the Libra South Node, duets or duels. And we're moving towards Aries. So this is about really individuation, but how do we how do we move forward as individuals within the, the collective? How do we take personal responsibility within the collective? We'll also have a period of time from July to look at our relationships in a different light as well as Venus, the planet of love and relationships and money, goes retrograde. I think we're still going to see some more big changes in 2023. And I think the start of the year could be a little bit volatile and then we're going to be given the opportunity to really look at where do we stand in this? Where do we stand in the political current political climate of our own country, of our own family, of the world? Also, what do we want to do to contribute to the good in the world? We've had plenty of time to perhaps look at survival, look at life that can suddenly change during COVID. COVID is not going away. COVID is here to stay. So it's also about what sort of role do we want to play in society? Have we adapted our behaviour, our habits, if you like, our social habits, etc., to cope with COVID and other particular illnesses? I would suggest also taking the opportunity to look at your own birth chart and how as an individual, an individual snowflake, what part do you want to play 
in the world and how are these transits in the first half of 2023 affecting you personally and what can you do to maximize the potential of yourself and how to make the most of these energies it's a little bit like being a boat in the middle of the ocean and these planets come along and they give you the energy to go in certain directions sometimes they're playing to your strengths and sometimes they're giving you that extra boost that you wouldn't normally have so knowing your own birth chart, having a consultation can be a really good thing. Thanks for listening. In love and light, Steph Johnson. Thank you for listening to Seeing With Stars Astrology podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can visit my website at www.seeingwithstars.net or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Seeing With Stars. You may also subscribe and leave a review. May the stars shine on your path.